just an unbelievable game. I mean, it is fantastic to know that we are the state champions of the state of Louisiana. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Hey, and just so everyone knows, the Rebels play the Arkansas Razorbacks Saturday at 6.30 p.m. Central. This is a chance to listen to David Kellum and the Rebels hometown crew, and you can catch every play of that Rebels home team broadcast with SiriusXM on Channel 190 or on the SXM app, searching Ole Miss Rebels. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. And I want to let everybody know, this episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get a $200 back in bonus bets. Guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. So, This was an amazing game. It was one of the best football games I've ever seen. And because of that, emotions ran high. And there's going to be people that these these are the butt fans, that whenever something good happens, they have but something. And you're going to hear something, somebody talk about that game is that, yeah, but the defense. Well, the defense sat there and made a stop on three of the last four possessions in a game where they had to figure out how to make a stop. They did. They figured out how to make a stop, and they won the football game. And if they wouldn't have done that, Ole Miss wouldn't have got the win. All of the offensive performance, and the offense was very special, and we're going to talk about that in the middle minute. Without what that defense did, the offense could not cook. And without either of those happening, Lane Kiffin doesn't have his signature win at Ole Miss. That is just the the facts at the moment. So – we are going to talk a little bit about um, what we learned from the LSU game. And honestly, it's a little bit. We learned a little bit. We did. And other than the fact that I was right. And the first thing we learned is that Trey Harris was kind of a dude. And this we knew was going to be a big football game. Okay. So Jackson Dart after the game was talked about Trey Harris and he rooms on the road with Trey Harris. And he said, I knew it even before the game had started. You know, he's my roommate in the hotel on the nights before the games. He looked at me and usually he's the same way. He's super amped up. He just looked at me and said, bro, I'm so peaceful right now. I looked at him and was like, what do you mean? He said, dude, I know exactly what I'm going to do to them. Just me looking at him in our hotel room, I was like, this kid is about to pop off today. I knew it before the game even started. And that was Jackson Dart on Trey Harris in the game. Really good. And, you know, we talk about it. The player of the game was Jackson Dart for Ole Miss, and this was locked on Ole Miss player of the game. Jackson Dart was 26 of 39, 389 yards, four touchdowns and interceptions. Absolutely big boy football played by Jackson Dart that day. Absolutely did everything that needed to get done that day. And because of that, 
you have a chance to be fairly special moving forward. And we'll talk about that um, in a little bit. The things that Ole Miss can really learn from the situation of the fact that they have their dude at quarterback. Don't anybody suggest another quarterback again and suggest that Jackson can't do it. The stuff that was done in the Ole Miss LSU game is exactly what I have been calling about, calling for, and what Bill Flowers has been calling for for weeks. It finally getting done and getting done at the level it got done at makes me just blush with pride, to be perfectly honest. Absolutely just blush with pride. And this offense can be elite. So what we learned in the game was this offensive ceiling is elite, and I feel hurt. That was the number one thing. The fact that all the stuff that I wanted to see, Ole Miss was able to do it to make an already wobbly LSU defense take them completely off the tracks and make it to where you can do whatever you want to the point where Ole Miss ran for over 300 yards and threw for over 350 yards. You saw screens. You saw pop passes. You saw um, like quick, hot reads. And what we heard from Lane Kiffin in the press conference, that a lot of that had to do, do with where Harold Perkins lined up because LSU is still doing this hybrid thing with him to where they're you know, going to let him get after the quarterback, but he's also going to be playing some linebacker-type stuff. So depending on where Harold Perkins lined up, depending on what the play was done, the call was done, it was like a, a pre-snap read RPO, essentially. And Jackson Dart used his pop passes, his bubbles, to keep the defense completely discombobulated. And everybody get ready to drink in this situation. Um, the linebackers were completely tortured. They could not be right. And the play calling in this game was absolutely great. It was the best game that Charlie Weiss has called. Now, last year, uh, last week against the Alabama game, we talked about everything good. Lane Kiffin gets credit for offensively. Everything bad is Charlie Weiss's fault. Charlie Weiss calls the offense. The reason he calls it is because we go so fast, Lane Kiffin can't do it. Lane Kiffin can't take over the play calling on a play-to-play basis, even if he wanted to. Now, he can interject. He can pick out some stuff. And there might be some stuff that's going on during the play that he notices. But the system of the play calling did not change from Alabama to um, LSU. The same system was in place. The difference is they attacked different zones of the game. The difference is they attacked different areas with players to make them be concerned, and they couldn't just tee off and engage eight forward. The difference is that Ole Miss got a lot of their weapons back, and they were more healthy. And what we saw was an offense that has a chance to be sincerely elite moving forward. Now, I talked in the offseason, you know, back in July and June, the people that were listening to the show then, about how this offense could be elite. And I, I see things, I see flashes and all of that. And yes, I absolutely 100% believed it. But there was no proof of concept until Saturday night. Everybody could just brush me off as just another extreme homer, just talking crazy talk. For lack of a better term, the Ole Miss Rose Bowl. But now there's proof of concept. And Ole Miss has gained 700 yards and scored 55 points against a top 15 team. 
a team that won the SEC West just a year ago with a quarterback that is probably third best in the draft with two wide receivers that are first down, first round type guys, LSU dudes. That's what Ole Miss offense did. Playing against the offense with a defensive line, now he's retur- he's coming back from an ACL a year ago and may not be a completely where he's going to be, but Mason Smith is a guy. Harold Parkins is probably the most talented athlete playing linebacker in the Southeastern Conference. Now, there are some issues in their secondary, but you had to earn the right to use them. We talked about that all last week, earning the right to throw on that secondary. And it got to the point where we could throw short, we could throw long, we could run the ball up the middle, we could run on the outside, we could do whatever we want to do, and they weren't going to stop it because they were a half a step slow because they didn't know where the play was going. The predictability of the Ole Miss's offense was just not there. And I think that is an important situation. You know, when you look at Quinshawn Judkins, and everybody's been talking about, where, where's Quinshawn been? What, what about Quinshawn Judkins? Is something's wrong? Something is, is are they wrong with him? He went 33 for 177 and a touchdown. And he looked like exactly what we thought we were getting at the beginning of the season. I think the answer is just as simple as he was banged up. I think that was the problem going into the season. And as the season played out, he's just been banged up. And you take that with entitled arrogant play calling, which I've said they're guilty of at the time. Take that away and, and call a straight game and call it the way it needs to be called. And you see exactly what happened. 706 yards of total offense, 55 points, no turnovers. Some phantom holding calls on the outside. Those were weird, and it would have been nice if they had called them both ways. And they absolutely gave LSU a touchdown pass that they didn't earn. And now LSU might have scored that possession anyway, but this is not a fluke what happened in this football game. That is my point. This is not a fluke what happened in this football game. Just absolutely amazing. This offense has a chance to be elite immaculate and now you have the opportunity to where you can run off some wins and i'm not saying these games are easy wins okay i'm saying you have a chance to run off some wins this is from my pregame show um before lsu on the background on it so ignore the side graphics but this is my wins and losses that i put together in july okay and right now i am five and oh in my july picks all the way down. But if you look on the right side, those are ESPN FPIs, and the navy blue section is what it was in July, and the FPI in red is what it is now, okay? For starters, the only game that Ole Miss is an FPI underdog in at the moment are the Georgia Bulldogs. And there's a 68% chance of Georgia winning that game. So Georgia's a fairly considerable favorite. Other than that, Ole Miss is at least a 60% favorite against every team on their schedule. That means if you just look at it game by game, they think Ole Miss should go probably 10 and 10, 10 and 2. Now, if you look over in the My July picks, you can see that I picked an L that was random. I think that's going to be a difficult game. So 10 and 2 is on the table. 
Heck, 11 and one's on the table if we looked at how Georgia's played recently. It is going to be a difficult game, but that Georgia team is not the team that we thought they were going into the season. The Texas A&M team, they're about what we thought they were. Vandy's worse. Auburn's worse. Arkansas's worse. ULM's worse. Mississippi State's worse. The point is, before we move on, it's for the taking. Somebody is going to get Alabama. A&M is probably going to be really up for that football game. LSU is going to be fired up to win all the rest of their games because they're in the same position Ole Miss is in, even though they have an extra loss, because one of their losses is a non-conference loss. They still have the West in their hands. A win over Alabama puts the tiebreaker in their hands. There's still everything to play for there as well. So. Alabama could could make it all the way to the playoff and all of a sudden this be a year like 2015. But this also has a chance to be like those, those 1990s years in the SEC West whenever an SEC champion might be five and three, might be six and two, the team that wins it all in the West. Just saying, indeed. I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company, and now it's time for your Game Changer of the Week. Sponsored by them, much like Jackson Dart, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Dart had his legacy game in a win over the LSU Tigers, throwing for 389 yards and four touchdowns. This game looks like it will be Dart's springboard and change the game, much like Athletic Brewing. And speaking of athletic brewing, you know, they brew over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, golden sours, and more. They're consistently releasing limited edition experimental styles to add to their variety. You can find athletic brewing companies, non-alcoholic brews in a store near you, or you can buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use the code locked on, all one word, to get 15% off your first online order that's code l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n at checkout for 15 percent off at athleticbrewing.com it's near beer exclusions and conditions apply athletic brewing company fit for all times college football season is here and locked on is kicking up their coverage with locked on college football kickoff live i've been on that show the last two weeks they do a fantastic job with what's going on at College Football Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On hosts covering their team every day. Yes, I've done that. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on any college YouTube channel. You will not want to miss it. All right. So we learned this offense has a chance to be really good and that they basically granted all of mine and Bill Flowers' wishes in that game. Also, Caden Priestcorn, he was a dude, a nice secondary security blanket that's going to be a problem for teams moving forward. You have the you saw the ability of Trey Harris, and we're going to talk about Trey Harris in, um, in a second. 
but you have that security blanket in the middle of the field that is going to make linebackers have to think of what's going on. And them using the bubbles and the pop passes and Dayton Wade and Jordan Watkins. Jordan Watkins is quietly becoming an all-SEC level player. Dayton Wade is just kind of that dude, so much so that he's keeping the active leader in touchdown receptions in the NCAA apparently on the bench as a second-team player. A lot good is happening with this Ole Miss offense at the moment. And we'll look at this again. Jackson Dart had his legacy game at Ole Miss. And Pete Golding's defense won the fourth quarter. Those are two things that I want to talk about real quick. Now, Jackson Dart, even my partner, Bill Flowers, talking about, hey, maybe maybe there's a quarterback change that needs to happen. Maybe Jackson can't do what I want him to do. Because I think that's where Bill was coming from. Maybe Jackson can't do that. I did not agree with that. And go back and listen to that and find out. Um, but Jackson can. Jackson did. He did all of the stuff that Matt Corral did whenever Matt Corral was becoming a hero in 2020 and 2021 at Ole Miss. He made big passes. I mean, there was a couple of good plays from the LSU corner from him throwing for 450 yards. Trey Harris was that close to gaining 200 yards receiving in the game with multiple touchdown passes. And I, I don't think that you can overstate what that means for Jackson's confidence. Now, he plays quarterback in the Southeastern Conference, okay? Confidence is usually not those guys' problem. What you're going to see, and Jackson has to be careful about this, is that game is going to supercharge that guy's conf confidence moving into the Arkansas game. And there could be some negative flashes that happens, but in his development, you're, you're seeing a guy that's putting the ball where it's supposed to be, taking care of the football, no turnovers against LSU, played a relatively clean game except for those ridiculous holding penalties that some of those were just, like RG3 said, um, he blocked him too well. So we will see what happens with Jackson Dart's legacy. I think this cements his, his role on the team moving forward. This was a big game for Jackson Dart. And with the return of Trey Harris and Caden Priestcorn and those weapons on the outside, with a Quinshawn Judkins with multiple run schemes now in the offense, the sky's the limit for this team. Now, the other thing that I want to talk about for a second was Pete Golding. And, you know, when you give up 49 points in a football game, it's pretty hard to say anything positive about the defense. And in the first quarter, Ole Miss, I think, was up 21 to 7 or something like that at the end of one. Then LSU went on a run in the quarter, second and third quarter to where they were kind of going. They were taking control of the football game. Ole Miss could not get a stop. LSU was manufacturing, but Ole Miss could not get a stop on Jaden Daniels. And there were some pinpoint passes, and first-round receivers made first-round plays. Um, but still, you need to figure out a way to man manufacture an explosive play. You need to figure out a way to get off the field from time to time. 
And the reason Pete Golding is the defensive coordinator of the Ole Miss Rebels is because Lane Kiffin thought that Pete Golding could do that more so than Chris Partridge could. That's the reason Pete Golding is here, to make a stop. In the fourth quarter, Ole Miss won the fourth quarter 21-7. to In a game, they were down two scores in the fourth quarter. Ole Miss won that game because LSU all of a sudden couldn't get in the end zone. And the touchdown that LSU did score actually wasn't a touchdown. It was a gift. Now, LSU might have scored that drive. They looked really good on that drive. But it was the anomaly in that quarter. And I know everybody was stressed out about the situation in the game and Ole Miss trying to play catch up. But if you go back and watch that game now and see what happens, they made some plays. Yes, I get the dropped interception. Yes, I get a lot of stuff in that game of what could happen. But it came down at the end of that game to a last final red zone possession. And we talked about all last week about how red zone possession was a key to this defense and one of the things that makes them excel in areas. And Ole Miss got the stop. Ole Miss got the stop. Cedric Johnson got pressure on Jaden Daniels in a two-man rush. And that's true. Go back and look at that last play. Cedric Johnson split a double team and caused Jaden Daniels to turn his back to the wide receivers and circle around. And then he just had to find somebody who was open. Then it was a fire drill. Then anything could happen. We did that with a two-man rush on that last play. Pete Golding deserves credit for that fourth quarter. He doesn't deserve much credit for the second and third, but he deserves credit for that fourth quarter. He figured out how to get a stop, and congratulations for that. Anyway, when we come back, we are going to do the lines for week six of the Southeastern Conference. You realize we're about to be halfway through the college football season. It's, it, it, I know, it's sad. It, it, it's, it's pretty sad indeed. But in the meantime... The show is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's America's number one sportsbook. Snap into the NFL action this season with FanDuel. Right now, new customers get a $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's pretty cool. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders. Heck, I've been going in the pregame show and looking for the team's most popular individual parlays that people are putting out there. Um, That is pretty cool. Ole Miss is currently an 11.5-point favorite over the Arkansas Razorbacks, and the over-under is sitting at 62.5 points. Still kind of looks like an over game, if you want to be honest. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, it's an official partner of the NFL. The Rebels play the Arkansas Razorbacks Saturday at 6.30. A chance to listen to Dave Kellum and the Rebels hometown crew. Again, catch every play of the Rebels home team broadcast with SiriusXM on channel 190 or on the SXM app searching Ole Miss Rebels. The Locked On Ole Miss podcast is there as well. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis. And, you know, before we get into this last section, it is a stripe out game this weekend. So 
look at the chart for what you're supposed to wear, either powder blue or red. This has a chance to look really, really good with two colors that absolutely pop on screen. Night game, we just had an amazing atmosphere in Oxford. There's going to be a whole bunch of people that want to do this again. And they're going to try and do it. And with the stripe out, the, the, the chances of this being really cool is really cool. So we get on to week six of SEC football. I think there's six games on the schedule. There's only only six. Um, you know, Texas and Oklahoma is playing this week for people that look interested in who's coming in next year. Both those teams are undefeated. But if you look at the lines this week, it's going to start out with a that wounded LSU team going to Missouri. LSU's going as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. If LSU's defense does not play any better than they did last week, they're going to get beat by Missouri. They just are. I think they're going to play a little bit better. I'm not sure how they are, but I think they are. So we'll see exactly how that goes. Western Michigan plays Mississippi State. Mississippi State gets one of those games that they have a chance to get a little bit right. Right now, I cannot find a win on Mississippi State's SEC slate. Um, I can't, and I, I don't know if I'm willing to give them the USM game at this point, but let's do for the sake of it. They're looking, they're staring squarely at four and eight right now in the SEC slate. And Zach Arnett, that's going to be a problem for them. Alabama's a three-and-a-half-point favorite at Texas a and I, I don't know if the wrong team's not favored there. I'm still early in the week and still trying to formulate what's going on in that game. I do not know if the wrong team is favored in that game. This is a game that Texas A&M can erase what happened just a week ago at Bryant-Denny Stadium and take the tiebreaker things out of it with Texas A&M on Ole Miss's schedule, and all of a sudden your destiny kind of gets back into your own hands. So that is pretty cool indeed. Vandy is at Florida. Florida's a 17-point favorite. Florida got absolutely boat raced at Kentucky. A Vanderbilt transfer ran for nearly 300 yards on the Florida Gators. The Gators, I, I have no idea what's going on with Florida right now. It, they beat Tennessee. They lose to Kentucky in a horrible way. I would not take Florida against Missouri. Uh, this might be the only game left on Florida's schedule that I would just say, hey, yeah, you're probably going to win this. And that's because it's a revenge game because Vandy beat them last year. Absolutely weird. Kentucky is at Georgia. Georgia's favored by 16 and a half. Hey, what I've learned this year is taking Georgia to cover is just folly, honestly. I mean, take the points in that situation. Georgia's probably going to win the game, but every time you think Georgia's going to wake up, it, it just doesn't seem to happen. And then you have the Arkansas at Ole Miss game. The game opened at 12 and a half points. Ole Miss' favorite has come down to 11 and a half at the time of recording. This is a game that if Ole Miss's offense plays like it did last week, Katie bar the door on this. It, Arkansas is not going to be able to score enough for it to happen. What's going to happen in this game, and we're going to talk about that in the keys and the what to watch for and all of that stuff, is Arkansas is about to get back to what they do, and they're going to run a ton, ton of zone read. They are going to run a ton of quarterback powers, and you are going to see K.J. Jefferson and Rocket Sanders become the focal point of this offense, which they honestly should be at the moment. But – Arkansas is coming off three consecutive losses and three consecutive losses that 
didn't necessarily look that impressive because losing the game to this LSU team um, after getting out to the early league, it, it, it just got to the point where they could move the ball on the defense. They didn't have the numbers that Ole Miss put up. They moved the ball, got into the end zone. But LSU's offense, you couldn't slow up, slow down the offense anyway. The defense, the Arkansas defense was in the same boat the Ole Miss defense was in, honestly. There was a couple of interceptions that were thrown or something like that. I think this has a chance to be a good week for Ole Miss. Like I said, this is beginning a stretch where Ole Miss can run off some wins. They're they're ranked either 15th or 16th um, in the AP poll. And let me, um, yeah, they're like 15th in the coaches poll, 16th in the AP poll. And over the course of the next four weeks, September was about survival. That, that's what it was. The, the Alabama game, the LSU game, it was about survival. Ole Miss comes out of that September at 4-1. and one. October is about building. And what I mean by that is you go through and you get some wins and stack them up. By the end of the month, Ole Miss could actually be 7th or 8th in the country. Going into Texas A&M and Georgia – which becomes your money games. And the it is the difference between, like I said, I'm not willing to just concede to Georgia at this point anymore. I'm not. I'm not there. I do think there's going to be a game where something just happens. Like I said, if you look at my records in July, I predicted 9-3 and three and Ole Miss was favored in 10 out of the 12. I picked Ole Miss to lose as a favorite in one of the games. But if that doesn't happen, if Ole Miss kind of strings it together and works on that magical type season, and it you know, you need to get some help, somebody has to take care of Alabama. But if that happens, and it looks like it could, if we're going to be honest about it, Ole Miss has everything out in front of them. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Hey, tell a friend to listen to the show, to watch the show. Let's get these numbers. If we just, one person, all of a sudden something that is completely unprecedented happens at Ole Miss. And it happens right here. Loomers are the best. Thank you very much. Thank you for making me your morning show of choice. And let's just continue building because this week is going to be fun. And then going into the bye week, we're probably going to have some interesting conversations at what looking back at what goes on. Ole Miss needs to beat Arkansas, but if Ole Miss goes into that bye week five and one, there's interesting conversations that are going to happen. Anyway, we'll see you tomorrow. Hotty toddy.